a lot of pressure, a lot of talk. So now we are in the final Three, two, one, here we go. From the Point Normal Esports Studio, this is Pod BN, talking to people doing big things in Bloomington Normal. I am Tyson. My name's Justin. And today we're talking to another Justin, Justin Bellis, who's going to be here to talk to us about his various business endeavors in the community, Bellis Landscaping, Little Beaver Brewery, and uh, maybe other things that come up. But before we do that... We want to thank our sponsor. We're uh, recording in the Play Normal eSports studio located at 802 South El Dorado Road in Bloomington. That's where you can play the Nintendo Switch, the Xboxes, the Playstations, the PC games, everything you could do to have some fun on a screen you could do here. But there's another business located in the same building. It's normal gadgets. Um, if you break, break a cell phone, break a laptop, break an iPad, this is the place to bring it. They fix more than just screens. They battery ports. If it stops working, bring it here. They can fix it. 802 South El Dorado Road in Bloomington, 309-379-8665. All right. So we'll uh, welcome the other Justin now. How you doing, man? Good. Good. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks for stopping by today. So I figured we could start off with uh, your namesake business here, Bellis Landscaping. Curious uh, how you got into that line of work. Yeah, it was uh, pretty cool. Uh, our ag class at Normal West uh, in the early 2000s had uh, a landscape class within it. So my twin brother, Adam, and I that own Bellis Landscaping started doing landscape jobs for teachers while in those classes and we really enjoyed being outside. And we had a great ag teacher that kept us going. Uh, and then while we attended in Heartland, we just kept doing more and more projects. So once we um, basically graduated there, we just went in full full time. You got into that in high school then? Correct. Yep. Okay. So what kind of projects did you start doing? Like, uh, I think a lot of people, like, kids start mowing in high school. Like, was yeah. it mowing or was it? Uh, most people would uh, assume and ask that uh, if it was mowing. We did a few mowing jobs here and there, but it was mainly just a smaller brick-type paver project, something like that, yeah. more hands-on. That's that's it. So you were in ag at Normal West. Were you in FFA? Were you involved in that? Yes, for sure. Yep, I was very involved with FFA as well. So did you had like record books and all that kind of. I remember yeah, back we in my FFA. Days. Yeah, we did a little bit of everything. It was, that was, I think, the coolest thing about the FFA and the ag was uh, how you learn like bookkeeping, you learn identification of plants and such like that. And then we, our ag teacher, even had the landscape part, learning about how to calculate materials, what it was going to cost, and go from there. That's awesome. So you liked working outside even in the, the, the heat and the, the cold of central Illinois? I, you know what I did back then until the last couple of years? I didn't really mind it. And then it just seems like, why are we stuck here in the winter? Yeah. So uh, so that landscaping, I just tend to think naively is is plants, like making your, your flowers look nice and stuff. So what all does that encompass? Uh, yeah, basically we, we do a lot of the new installs for plants and stuff, but where our company strives is the renovation where we'll go in and completely rip out all the, the original or existing landscape and start over new. A lot of the people that are investing in their homes and plan on never moving or staying there a long time will do the large patios. The, they'll be putting in a pool. They'll want the outdoor kitchen, outdoor living areas. More and more people watch the HGTV type of things, and they get a lot more crazy ideas. So uh, then we try not to sticker shock them. So you're... Uh Okay, so you're designing like any kind of outdoor space people want. Um, yes, patios exactly. Patios and um, uh, decks, 
do yep. those too? We do. Oh, okay. I, I'm looking, we were talking off the air, I'm looking at uh, moving right now, looking at houses, and it's actually funny. The, the only thing I told my realtor, uh, Monica Bullington, was, uh, I just had to throw a plug, <laughs> but is uh, be in Bloomington and I want to be able to entertain. And part of that is both inside and outside. And we're looking at some homes where they just have like the concrete slab outside the sliding glass window. Yeah, know? the standard 12 by 12. Right. Yeah. But it's funny because I, I mentioned your name probably at least a dozen or two times while we've been looking at houses over the last th- few months. I'm like, well, all right, well, I can get Justin in here. He, we can, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, that's, that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, we can do this. If the price is down to this way, I can pay to have someone come in and make it the way I want it. Because uh, I think more and more people are wanting that outdoor living space, like you said. Oh, yeah. With the amount of patios we do now are probably, it's 100% more. Every year we do more and more. Uh, people are, are wanting to be outside more and more. And we don't have as many nice warm days as, say, you know, Tennessee's south of here where it's warmer, but uh, we do have enough plenty of warm days where people do want to sit outside. And I think that's what you guys are getting your name for right now is the hardscape and patios and like they see you, they see your work from previous jobs and go, wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, most definitely. And our and our crews are extremely talented. We're fortunate enough to have uh, Mitch Berkey as our head designer. Uh, he's been with us the, since the start, 17 years, head designer, head estimator. So he's the one that goes on all those bigger jobs and designs those and he does it 2D, 3D, can basically show the person prior. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So talk about how your business has grown from high school and Heartland Community College to where it is today. Because, I mean, I think when most people think landscaping and Bloomington Normal, uh, there may be three companies, maybe, that people think of, and you're certainly one of them. So. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, we're very fortunate to be here um, for the long haul and uh, start out with myself and my brother working in the field. Uh, and then we usually had a couple guys with us. And then uh, about 2005 is when it started taking off a little bit more once we had our Fox Creek location. Okay. Um, really made a stable point. People knew that we were, we were legit. We had a, we actually had a location where they could come meet us and we could show them products. Where were you before that? Was that Main Street? Uh, no, that Main Street was actually, pri- was that, that was actually after that. That was our okay. retail type location. Uh, right. Prior to that, we were actually just working out of our uh, parents' uh, home. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. So you've been at Fox Creek since 05, so that's coming up on your 15 years. Yep. Um, that doesn't seem like that long. Ago. I know. It really doesn't. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, time flies. Like uh, We started basically really hitting it in 2002 and probably made it official business in 2003. So, so a while. How, how do you go through, like talking from just a business point of view on like how many employees do you need? How many, like, as your business is growing, when do you decide I'm doing too much, my brother's doing too much, we need to hire somebody? Yeah, that's, uh, I think that's something that you learn and changes regularly, and we can never have enough good help the, with the unemployment at an all-time low, Yeah, um, and the Basically, that they've come out and said that anybody that wants a job right now has a job. So finding new help is really hard. And then there's such a lag that in like the last ten years, all the schools drilled everybody. You have to go to school. You have to go to college. You got to work. You know, basically behind a computer. And so now there's this huge tradesmen's and all everybody's lacking. Yeah. Um, so that's where we're feeling it. We just started about two years ago where we felt the oh darn, there's really not enough help out there. Yeah. I, um, you mentioned you graduated Heartland Community College, and I think you. Uh, Alumni of the year, right? Yeah, we, uh, my brother and I, both uh, spoke at the graduation in 2016. Right on, right on. And so, so we mentioned your brother a few times. How do you guys split duties in that job? Uh, Uh, You worked together for so long, you probably have a natural feel for it. But yeah, most definitely. Luckily, he's really good and really likes being on the office side of it. Okay. And uh, we we both are very talented in similar situations. But uh, if uh, two people try to do one book, it's just it's never going to work out. So uh, he he takes care of the office with our office manager. And then, uh, luckily for me, I can do the chamber events. I can be more out meeting customers and then, of course, working in other businesses and whatnot. Yeah. So uh, you're more 
client facing, would you say, or, I would or say community facing? Community facing, yeah. correct. Yep. All right. So you mentioned chamber. What other ways do you? Uh, basically, the chamber, and then just meeting with the small groups within the chamber. I know I've seen you at other yeah. events as well. Um, there's always something going on in the community, and as long as you're willing to throw in a little extra time, you can meet a lot of great people. What do you attribute some of your success to? Because, I mean, you've had some tremendous growth over the... Yes, yeah. I would say uh, willing to put in the 60, 70-plus hours is always going to be at the top of it. Um, and for the fact that we had such supporting uh, community and parents alike, and that my brother and I both were willing to put in, you know, 60, 70 hours, not like it just started out. That's what we've always worked, and even this week I'll work, you know, 60, 70 hours um, a week, and we're just kind of used to it, so anything less, and it seems like we're not doing enough. <laughs> yeah. So that'd probably be the biggest, is just willing to put in the effort. So what do you do, what time do you get to the shop? Uh, about 5.30 in the morning. All right. What, what do you do at 5.30 in the morning? The, uh, the Yeah, the, <laughs> yeah. people always ask me that. The best part about that is uh, usually it's just myself and Adam for a short while, then our uh, shop manager events that basically runs the whole yard the whole fleet and all the shop he comes in around uh, 5 56 o'clock but uh, we can get caught up on emails we can get caught up on all the stuff that I can get in there quickly fire off all these emails that came in the night before the day before um, then if we need to order any materials and then we can go over that as well because shortly after crew members start showing up and then it's just chaos for about an hour organized chaos so, yeah. yep yeah. I understand that but how many people you got uh, right now we have uh, let's see about six or seven guys in the office uh, which are designers estimate office help and then uh, maybe 15 to 20 total in the field and we'd like to bump that numbers up back in the prime like about five years ago we were probably had 30 plus in the fields so our company's built for that uh, but again um, we felt that instead of having a lot of green thumbs in there we can only bring on so many guys that aren't extremely knowledgeable about the pr- process to make sure that our quality is good yeah yeah so that's great man because you're like Giving all those people a livelihood, too, along with it, you know? Yeah, most definitely. A lot of our guys have uh, been with us a very long time. We have some guys that are with us over 10 years, uh, some the, the full 17 type of thing. And uh, a lot of our guys, we treat them all like family, and, yeah. and we'll do whatever we can to make them happy. Imagine that's a factor in success, too, is how you treat your people. Oh, most definitely, yeah. If anybody needs, like, a cash advance or whatever, because, you know, bills pop up where we don't hesitate to help them out because we know they're there to, to support us, so we're there to support them. Yeah. Well, I think something is important for people to know is that your brother is actually your twin brother. Yes, identical I, twin. You wouldn't uh, if he was speaking right now. You wouldn't know it wasn't him. Yeah, yeah. If you saw me, you wouldn't think it was him either. It's hard. It's very. And people get confused all the time. They just call us by a last name. So I'm cool with that. Yeah. Because the one time I met him, I was I was wondering why he, you were acting so weird. I was yeah, like, Come on, yeah. man. Like it's Tyson, and he's just looking at me strange. And yeah. I was like, most oh, wait, definitely. Okay. okay. So and that and that's hard being in multiple businesses and all over town or whatever. Uh, we get confused all the time, or you can tell that that person probably knows Adam, but it doesn't know me so then I try to introduce myself or and there's a lot of times where it's just a clearly like hey Adam and I'm just like hey and then I just keep going because I don't want to <laughs> have a five minute conversation with them about how they felt bad that they called me the wrong person so I actually enjoy watching that from a distance because I, I can't tell you guys apart because I've been around you both yep. uh, both enough now but like at Little Beaver or something right. I'll see someone go up and just the confused look and oh yeah for sure I enjoy watching well we'll get yep. that out there to this audience then yes yeah. exactly that's, yeah, that's good yeah. so I think it's you guys and Dan Brady I still think Dan Brady's gonna identical twin because oh, yeah. that guy's everywhere. <laughs> yeah, you're exactly right. So Cool. Um, 
So when people want to do a landscaping job, do they kind of have to have an idea what they want to before they come in, or can it's you? It's very helpful if they have some kind of insight. But what we like the most is when both the husband and the wife are in agreement before talking to us, because mm-hmm. that's like where the biggest problems arise. Is one wants one thing, one wants the other. It's almost like they bring us in as mediators, and then nothing really goes smooth. Okay. So as long as they're on the same page, and then we can bring them into reality, or then like actually say what can and can't be done here in our climate. So marital um, counseling so. is not a service. Yeah, and surprisingly enough, they, a lot of them do work against us. So Yeah, so well, that's good to know. Yeah, I, I had you guys, uh, your company, do a small job for me. It's probably been five, six years ago now. Um, I tore out a we – bought, we bought our house. They had these huge overgrown shrubs in front of our house, and I tore those out and cut them down one fall like every – like like a lot of people I'm like I'll plant something there next spring and then like two years later there was oh, nothing sure. there. <laughs> so finally and my, and my wife was so like hated just the bare bed or whatever. Um, so I, I got quotes and had you guys come out and then do the work and you did it during the day and she came home and literally cried when she pulled in the driveway because there were finally, fine, done. finally <laughs> plants there. And yeah. yeah. You guys did a really good job. It was a small job. Uh, just a small bed I had in my front yard. but it, 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 it And I think that's well. good that you mentioned that a small job because people like they see our huge fleet all over town and our newer bigger dump trucks. We'll do the smallest job and mm. to the biggest job. Like there's a lot of jobs that most people don't even know we do because we'll, we'll be on like a nuclear power plant or on like a power grid substation or wind farm so we do large jobs down to your simple uh, can you replace this plant so yeah. is there anything you've done um, like either commercially or residentially that you're particularly proud of that people could go and, and see and check out if they want that'd be that's good I, I'd have to really think about that to see if there's any one project or any few projects I'd say a lot of the the nicer projects go on the scene because they're typically in a backyard and they're well they're well hid so uh, we do like it when there's jobs that are in the front yard but most people spend all their money in the backyard nobody really ever sees it i know a couple in the country club um, that we've done the last couple years where they put a lot in the front so you do have a little bit of curb appeal um, but mainly these ones in the backyard, people don't see until they hit some like our, either our website, Facebook, or even sometimes the manufacturers put them in the magazines. You got those on your yeah. website, though. People can check yeah, them out. Yeah, most definitely. And that's yeah. the best way to get some ideas on what you can do. Okay. Yeah, we'll put that in. Uh, we'll ask you at the end for how to get more information on sure. stuff we're talking about. And I'll put links to that in the show notes so people can check that out if definitely. they want to. So you... I get the I get the feeling you're a pretty busy guy. You got six. You said you work sixty to seventy hours, uh, and you've done that since you guys opened the business. Yep. Um, and then at some point in time, you thought you wanted to do another business. So yeah. So talk about that a little bit. Yeah, How we did were, that come about? Yeah, we were always joking like uh, we never thought sixty hours wasn't enough, so we thought we'd do some more. Yeah. Uh, no, it worked out really well. So Chad Beavers. Um, founder and head brewer of uh, Little Beaver Brewery in town, uh, was the executive director of Midwest Food Bank, and we've always donated our services, uh, you know, the plowing, the mowing, and everything out there uh, from maybe 13, 15 years ago. We've always donated uh, our services to keep up the their, their older location on veterans, and he was the executive director. So we'd see Chad there every, every week, which is funny because Chad didn't know we were identical twins, and Till like five years later, he that's just thought awesome. that we were always everywhere. Uh, so yeah, but no, we've uh, that's how we got to meet Chad, and uh, he was wanting to really grow this business and knew that we've done well with Bellas Landscaping and other ventures. So it worked out well. So uh, Adam and I jumped on board, and uh, it's been about a year now. Yeah. So you, you and your brother are now part uh, owners of Little Beaver Brewery, who we've had Chad on the sh- on the podcast before. Um, is that something you had thought about, like? going into the beer business at one point or did it just like opportunity came and you're like what the heck yeah no uh, never did uh, been in there before really liked what they had going and uh, 
I really thought Chad knew his stuff, and from everybody we talked to, that he really did. And so we were just like, yeah, this this is this is going to be great. Um, we knew the landscape business was doing well. I've been in business long enough, and it was to the point where we had such good, um, like our office manager, our operation manager, and these uh, designers, estimators have been with us a long time. They, they're pretty much running that whole side of it uh, with very, very few issues to where I felt like I could step away a little bit more and, and do something else. So what kind of things do you and your brother bring to Little Beaver that probably uh, wasn't there before? Like, what, what are you hoping to yeah, bring? Yeah, so that's a really good one. Uh, mainly with us is we know... Uh, when it comes to like the county and then tax purposes and how all that works and multiple um, employees, not just one or two or part-time type people when we had a, a large company. Um, we brought that to it. We've had our experienced like lawyers and accountants, all those people to bring to the table too. Like, hey, these are the guys we use, we trust, they know how we run our business. Uh, so we take care of uh, Adam and our office manager at the landscape shop. Brandon takes care of all the paperwork side of it. And then I help run the tap room and work with the employees along with the manager uh, to where Chad can now basically as much as he wants just Go brewing. That's get, it. Like, which is what his passion yeah, is, right? Do your yeah. job. He and he's unbelievable about it. And and now we we just try to pitch in as wherever we can, and then he can do what he's good at. Yeah, that's awesome. So where do you see? Um, I'll, ask, I'll ask a question for both businesses. Where do you see the the uh, landscape business in like 10, 10, 15 years? And then where do you see Little Beaver Brewery in ten or fifteen years? Yeah. So I think uh, landscape wise, as long as we can uh, keep some uh, good employees around, keep the good ones we have now, and hopefully get a couple more on board. Um, we, we like where we're at now. We like where our, our revenues are at. We like um, the hours that our guys are putting in. Um, so basically, I think that as long as we can maintain this for the next 10 to 15 years, then we'd be very happy. Uh, neat thing, my brother has two children. Uh, they're both five and seven, same as same as mine, about that exact age, really, that in like 10 years, they're going to want to hopefully work part-time here or there. So it'd be awesome to be able to have some work for them to do. Um, so hopefully just maintaining this business will be great. And then Little Beaver Brewery, we really think uh, we can grow it tremendously. In the last 12 months that we've been involved, uh, the amount of beer that we produce has pretty much tripled, uh, which is outstanding. And uh, we just, this last week, added more tanks and more equipment to where we think that we can actually triple again this next physical year. So you did just get some new equipment I saw on Facebook the other day at the brewery. Talk yep. about what that is and what kind of investment that is and what you guys yeah, exactly. get out of it. Uh, so our system now, our, our brew house can do uh, in each turn of a light beer, 15 barrels of beer. Um, and basically our tanks were set up for 10 barrels of beer. So we were doing 10 just to fulfill those size. So now what we did, we went and added 30 barrel tanks. So then we can run a double batch on our brew house, fill those up. And then when we go to can, we can can the couple two to three pallets plus keg out the beer because um, basically as of now we make it all we instantly sell it all out uh, we can't ever keep up with the demand and that's with us not really pushing any sales and we have we have a couple big clients that would buy everything every week so we kind of push them off a little bit uh, so now with these new tanks uh, that we can produce as much as we can and we should be able to sell it all pretty quick is that common in the small business community where you've got um, like someone's got a given Someone's got like a passion for a certain task, and then another business is kind of lending their their business expertise. Um, I would think so, and I think uh, in the past couple of years and in the future here that we're going to see a lot of mergers of businesses to where if the economy turns down a little bit, that they're still going to be successful because they're kind of spreading their risk into other businesses. Um, that's one thing we like with uh, with our landscape business. We've never really done new construction, so when the new home construction uh, started failing and going down a little bit, it didn't affect us as great. Uh, but here 
in the beer industry, we found that beer is being sold pretty much 24 hours a day, and we can brew it, and our tap rooms open other hours than we are. So instead of landscape business, it's open about 14 hours a day. Where the beer business up in Chicago and all those those places that buy and sell our beer, they're they're selling our beer around the clock. So it's kind of neat to have something that's really paying off around around the clock. Yeah, it's interesting because you tend to think of like, so you know you've been doing the landscape business, so you tend to think your your uh, your thought would be to continue to grow that bigger and bigger and bigger, right? But you also can go uh, horizontally on it, diversify, use your skills in another uh, area. Yeah, and that's a, yeah, you're exactly right. That's that's basically what we thought was like. Okay, the landscape business is strong, doing well. We're well known throughout the community, um, and the brewer. Let's let's basically do the same thing. We're Homegrown here, and we're gonna we're gonna try to grow it as much as we can and sustain really good beer like we are. And uh, and most people don't really know, but we we sell majority of our beer to Chicago right now. The the buyers up there uh, they can't get it quick enough, so that's our plan is to be able to sell more down here, but also keep all those people happy up north. Mm-hmm. Some of the things that I think of when I think of the difference between Little Beaver and some of the uh, other breweries, uh, not just in town but all over. Uh, one that has nothing to do with the actual beer itself is the artwork on your can. Uh, to talk about the artwork, who does it and why is it? I mean, yeah, I, it's, I, it's amazing. And uh, we hear it directly from our big buyers, uh, like Benny's up in Chicago and, and the other ones here, that the beer is selling quick, of course, because of the quality. But when you go by that aisle, you will not miss our labels stand out. Yeah. And we were at a couple big fests uh, up in Chicago more recently, and people saw our little beaver and they were coming up just to talk to us about our labels. So Patty Young, uh, designer here in town um, that lives not too far from our landscape shop, she does all those for us, our art, artwork for us. And she's extremely talented, uh, so she's been doing uh, more work for other breweries in the area. Uh, but, yeah, the, she has basically an unbelievable eye for it, and uh, our customers notice. Yeah, yeah, it definitely stands out. Uh, and when you're looking at a big cooler full of beer, I mean, label does make a difference, right? Oh, most definitely. Like, everybody says you, uh, most people buy wine by the label, and I don't think it's that much different than for beer either. If, oh, sure. If they're looking for that small craft beer and they see that label, they're going to they're gonna pony yeah. on that. Oh, and it's amazing, too, because our, our two delivery vans are wrapped and well, and well decaled out with those. So we'll have people say, oh, I just saw your van up in Chicago. It's pretty cool because you can't miss it as well. Yeah. yeah. What do you think is making the breweries here take off like they are there's so many breweries in this little midwestern town yeah no we're, we're very fortunate to have uh, as many as we do and people are like oh what happens when you get more it's not a bad thing because people are coming into bloomington from all over and they're trying them all out so i think it's just fine if any any more want to come sure bring it on but uh I, I think it's finally that people like spending money on a high-quality product, and they want the experience. Uh, that's why a lot more people are doing experience-type events, and they're willing to spend a little bit more money because it's much more than just coming to get a beer. Hopefully, they have time to meet with Chad, the brewer, or one of us that helps uh, brew with them, and if they have any questions, we can answer it. But people want to try that variety, and a lot of people... Just they either like oh I don't like beer or they only like you know your domestics Bud Miller those yeah. guys so we bring them in and we say hey well this is something similar but if you like that try this um, and then usually by the time somebody leaves they they end up finding a beer or two that they actually like 
Is this a nice location logistically with the, the interstates running through us? It's absolutely amazing. I've always said to like the chamber as well as like the city and town, being McLean County on 55 74 39, uh, we are so blessed. Like the amount of people that come through, that was the main reason we opened up longer on Sundays and why we ended up open up on Mondays is because so many people are like, hey, I'm passing through, but I see your clothes. Is there any way I can just set up a time to come meet? Uh, the amount of traffic and the amount of people that stop in every day that aren't from here because of the interstate is astounding. I told the city EDC is that as well as the amount of people that are buying our beer that aren't from this area regularly. It's like minimally 30% on average, but then the volume uh, produced is almost 50% of the money is coming from out of town to Bloomington Normal. And, and in my experience, um, Little Beaver ha- has that. Every time I'm at Little Beaver, I sit, I tend to run into someone not from town. Yes, um, and, and I don't I don't I I could be just at the wrong times, of course, but I don't see that as much in other places uh, that that, that, I'll, that I'll drink at either. But I met you know airline pilots at Little Beaver and and, and that kind of thing, and people that's driven up from out of town on a business trip or cutting through on a business trip. Um, but it is it is now that you say that almost every time because I'm a friendly guy and I talk to people. Oh yeah. But, yeah, but almost every time I meet someone from from another community and that's yeah. kinda cool. Yeah, every day doesn't go by. I try to go out and meet people when I'm there helping brewing or doing whatever. I try to see where they're from, seeing them for the first time and there's not been a day that I haven't met somebody that's from typically out of state or at least out of town. You should get like a map and have them like I've already thought about that. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. we're gonna have to and then crazy enough is the the best story I have on that is uh, we had a chamber function quite a few chamber people were there this last fall and uh one of our good friends Kimmy, she said hey you got to come over and meet these guys and then the bar I said okay great went over and met met with them and uh, they said uh, they're like well what's the story and he goes well i'm from canada and and i heard about little beaver brewery and that's why i'm here and i go and i just kind of blew it off like that eh, yeah okay he's just yeah. saying that and then i was talking to him a little bit and it's a pretty cool story he was actually uh, one of the head coaches for the canadian football league um, similar nfl but in, yeah, yeah. in canada and uh, after the season's done he would uh, go down to florida for a couple months with a friend and this friend didn't want him to drive them thousands of miles from uh, Canada all the way to Florida. So he would fly somewhere in the Midwest, um, and then he meet meet his buddy, and then his buddy would drive him the rest of the way down. So you know, break up the trip. They usually said they met in Chicago, Indy, St. Louis a couple times, and then they drove back down to Florida. But uh, this this coach out of Canada heard about Little Beaver, and they picked Bloom to Normal because <laughs> of Little Beaver. So that's yeah. that was their meeting spot. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. So outside of the label, I mean. Little Beaver's a pretty catchy name, yeah. right? Like, yep. So so I think that's a huge marketing opportunity, and you guys have definitely taken advantage of that um, with, with the name. And you got the label, but what it comes down to is some really good beer. And you mentioned Chad is the brewer. How many other brewers does helps out Chad with that? Uh, so basically, Chad is the head brewer by far, and I'm helping as much as I can. I get in the, in the morning early, uh, start getting the water warm. I'll usually pull the grain up onto the platform, and I usually do the mash-in, which is where you actually open the bags toss it in, get it going to the right, and he leaves me instructions and directions and everything, and he's an unbelievable teacher. Uh, his knowledge is, you can tell he's been brewing for 20 years. I know it started yeah. as home brewing for a while. Um, so two parts of that is, one, he's so good at it, he doesn't know how good he is, so then like when he just expect everybody else to know, but then he's really good about training, and I can keep asking the same questions, and he's always really cool about it. Um, so he's a great help. And then we have another guy that's uh, part-time uh, from Pure that just loves brewing and the whole beer aspect so much, so he comes in and helps clean the tanks and get them ready. Uh, but basically, Chad is the guy, and then I help out as much as I can. That, that amazes me that when you think about how much Little Beaver is in Chicago and all over the place, that it really comes from the hands of a couple people. Yeah, 
Yes, no, most definitely. And, and Chad's even mentioned when he goes to big festivals that we're in or that he goes to um, that most people assume that we're like a 10, 15 person yeah. brewery. Yeah. So. And I guess the last part of the branding is the unique names too. Yes, most is, definitely. Is uh, is when Chad was on the podcast before he mentioned yep. his daughter. Uh, named most of those. Does she still have that? I think they I, they still do. And Chad was really smart back in the day when they were really small. He would write all of them down, the silly things they'd say. So then he can go back into his playbook basically and say, hey, that's still that works for this beer. And every once in a while we'll do we'll make some of them ourselves. It is very hard though to to keep coming up with different types of beers and different names. And mainly the crazy names is because we don't want to get a copyright infringement. There's so many, you think about it, there's 7,000 breweries that produce a lot of beers, They and they're, they're similar styles of beers, so your names are going to kind of go with that. Um, so we just try to make them a little bit crazy because we don't want to have to worry about copyright infringements. In case one of our beers takes off and some small brewery in, say, California had that same, near ten, same name 10 years ago, we don't want to see that letter in the mail. So. Yeah, nice. We'll take a quick break here, and then we'll uh, we'll chat a little bit more about uh, what, what kind of things you got going on. Sounds good. All right, quick break to thank our sponsors at BRE Law for sponsoring this episode. BRE Law is there for you when you are injured, need legal help, because they know when it comes to your claim, good isn't good enough. You deserve the best. To find out more about them, visit them at breinjurylaw.com. So as anyone who's listened to this podcast knows, Justin and I are kind of planning zoning type nerds. So one of the things that I found interesting about it, these facilities in Little Beaver is that they're classified as a tap room. So can you explain a little bit about a tap room, how it's different than a, a bar or a restaurant, kind of how that came about as far as you know? Yeah, most definitely. I know that in Bloomington there wasn't actually codes or regulations prior to Chad wanting to open one in Bloomington. Uh, so he worked really hard and diligent with the city to make it possible. And a taproom is just really, it's much like a tavern or a bar, but we produced and sell our own beer. And then until more recent uh, months and years, we've been able to sell other breweries' beers. Um, but we can't offer much more than that with a tavern type, with the license that we hold. So how would that not be a bar? Is because you're producing it in the same... Yeah, so there's like a three-tier system. Um with the TDB and the ATF where they were on the honor system. We, we produce beer from grain and water. Pretty, pretty amazing that we can do something like that. So, um, that's we call it our superpower. But uh, <laughs> a lot of people know that. With that, there's we have very strict, um, like Department of Justice and all these com- all these big government people watch us pretty strictly. Um, so they just I think it's just the way they want to just rein in a little bit more. Okay. Otherwise, so. then. If this hadn't have been allowed, then you would have had to have your dis- your production facility in one place and then your distribution. Yeah, in pretty much. Some that, that it all plays uh, and correlates really closely. And with the tavern type of setup, we are a tap room, but we do self distribute. And with that being said, we can't offer wines or spirits, anything like that. Okay, all we right. can't buy it. And basically, they're just worried that we'd actually become a distributor, which we're not. So they're yeah. pretty strict on that. Right. Um. So, and that's in Bloomington and Normal, right, where you Correct. can do that. Yep. Um, and then you guys can, do you distribute worldwide? Uh, we are only licensed right now for the state. I know that uh, you can get uh, licenses for out, out of the state and then out of the country. Uh, I know Matt Potts has worked well with uh, all the 
Gil and everybody in the state, and he helped make it possible that breweries is can he, self-distribute. Is he distill? Yep, he is distill, and uh, he's on the board with the guild, and he helps basically pass through all that stuff. So he's a, a big stable point for Bloom to Normal. Nice. And is there uh, – it sounds like you you guys, the, the local craft brewers, you're – you're kind of a community, huh? Like you're not you're not trying there's, to stab each other in the back. Yeah, the there's no bad stuff, blood. There's so. there's enough stuff going around, and we all do our own things. We all specialize in different uh, beer, and maybe there was in the back in the day, but honestly, it's just we're all trying to make a buck, and 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 it's it's an expensive hobby type business to start up and get into. Everything's just an extra fifty thousand. We found out it's like <laughs> it's not like you need. Hey, I need four more shovels. It's like oh, I need four more tanks, and it's like okay. So uh, it, it's a neat uh, business to be involved with because you really see a whole new different type of business but uh it's a rather expensive one you guys also are one of the few that can your own beer there yeah and that was the big thing and that was uh, in may so we were canning our beer prior to may with a mobile canner pretty sweet setup uh, a company with a box truck showed up and they unloaded a canning line hooked it up got it going uh but we were set to their schedule uh so that was one thing my brother and i were just were like hey if we're gonna really ramp this up and be on our schedule and uh, be sure the quality is consistent and good we're gonna have to invest in, in a new cane line so we did we ordered one took a while to get in uh but ever since may we've been caning ourselves it's nice we don't have to wait for two weeks out as soon as the beer is ready then we can say okay on tuesday we're, we're canning it up something i really like about um little beaver distill and white oak those are three that I go to most often, is that it's a welcoming environment for families, too. Most definitely. Yeah, I, yeah, and that's one thing is uh, it's pretty cool. My brother, Adam, and I, uh, as I said, we both have uh, two kids each, uh, both around the five- to seven-year-old, and then Chad as well has two kids, five to seven. So we are most – we try to be very family-friendly, and uh, here in the near future, once we have a little bit more space, we're going to uh, really gear it all towards family and, and even bring your dogs. Yeah, I went to some, oh, dogs too. You're yeah. winning me over even more. There you go. Yeah, I went last summer. There was a, this kind of outside area, and um, that's what I grew up doing with with my parents. We were in Europe, so it, it was a different environment there. But um, on Fridays, they'd go out with their they were teachers. They'd go out with their teacher friends, and the teachers' kids would hang around and we'd have our own little table where we were doing something and my parents were you know drinking having a beer and relaxing and it was a good role model for me about what responsible drinking looks like like that's what i kind of try to model my behavior after it's not about slamming shots and um like getting belligerent or you know getting sick it was just adults hanging out relaxing after uh, after a hard week and little beaver's a place where i can do that with my kids too and it's a it's not something that was that I had a place to do comfortably when my kids were born uh, nine years ago. So, yeah, definitely. Um, and I always told myself I really never wanted to be in the bar restaurant type business for that reason. That I know that people suffer with alcoholism and, and it's a real thing, but uh, that was one thing that I liked about the brewery type business. It's more of a an art per se. Like You don't get people in there that's here to get drunk and, and go do something yeah. crazy. They're here to try a couple of different ones and, and drive off and go to there or get a ride and go somewhere else, try another brewery. So it's really neat just meeting the people and you get to learn why they like the kind of beers and like they ask you if you have certain beers similar to the, you know another big brand so it's it is neat and it is a nice place that you can bring your whole family so you mentioned uh expansion and how you're hoping to have more of that kid-friendly and family-friendly environment in the future talk about that yeah basically uh, we we're fortunate enough to uh purchase the property that little beaver's at my brother and i uh 
invested in the uh, the building itself, and we were fortunate enough there was an empty lot behind it to the rear off of finance. Uh, so we're going to add uh, parking as well as the current lot. We're using about half of it now, and the tenants in the unit next door are using half of it. So here, Just at, so people know where that is, it's over by the, the Gold's Gym. Yep, the original Gold's Gym. At, uh, we're at 16 Currency Drive. Yeah. Uh, just go by the uh, the Sing Shake on Commerce back towards uh, yeah, the dead end cul-de-sac there. Mass VR yep. is back there. Mass VR is back and, there. Um, yeah. And then uh, I know that Epiphany Farms is going to have the Korean barbecue yeah. back there as well. So we'd, we'd love to see more people coming in the neighborhood. Uh, but, yeah, we have that empty lot in the rear, so we'll have uh, use of the whole building. We currently have half, so here in a week or two, we're going to have uh, use of the whole building. So we'll be able to double in size, the building-wise. And then we're going to add another 30-car parking lot to the rear off of finance. So that would be five finance. Uh, then the biggest um, plus to the whole thing to me is uh, about a 2,000-square-foot patio. So are you going to be able to park on both sides? You are, okay. yep. yep. And so that's going to be really nice. And we'll probably have majority of the people will probably get used to parking on the new side, but the ones that have been coming for the last two years or so <laughs> will be coming to the same spot, which is just fine. There'll be doors each ways, but it'll be the grand entrance will be off of finance in okay. the future. And will the patio be on the finance side? It is, yep. Okay. Yep, it's going to be and it's going to be really neat. Uh, Bell Guard's one of our biggest uh, material um, companies, and they're out of uh, their location out of Chicago, and we're one of the largest Bell Guards installers for downstate. So uh, we worked out a deal with them, and we're getting uh, Italian porcelain for the patio. So it's going to be pretty uh, unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what's what, sorry? Go ahead. That's a great investment in that area. Mm-hmm. I used to say that even before you had this expansion going on. When you know about a year ago, when when Little Beaver was our sponsor, we talked about that how the um, you know without without it being there, it's kind of like a bunch of half empty parking lots and Most uh, some some broken you know some not broken down buildings there's some stuff there but it's it just didn't look you know, it looked in need of some re- revitalization. The, the whole neighborhood, most people probably have never been back there, and I hope that uh, more and more people hear about us and they make their way back there because it is much, it's a very manufactured type area back there and very commercialized. So after 4 o'clock, there's really nothing going on back in the neighborhood, which is even better for us because there's no, there's limited to low traffic, there's more parking. Um, I know that uh, John with uh, Golds Across the Way recently opened the Amazing Space there, which is a 10,000 square foot um, banquet hall. So we've been seeing a lot of people coming over before and after his events there. Um, he's done a great job and he's a he's a wonderful neighbor. And you but, mentioned uh, the Korean barbecue. I think Korean barbecue is going to be right too. there as well. It's like a martial then, arts studio. Yep, there's a martial there arts. Yeah. I think just in general, there's a lot more going on back there. And most people are like, well, I'm surprised you're not up on veterans. Well, the first thing that comes to price is yeah. you, you guys like our prices now, or at least it's it's in line where they need to be. We don't we we can't double or triple the yeah. price of beer, so we we are where we are for reasons. But uh, mainly, it's uh, being back in the manufactured type area. We are very it's very easy um, to fall within the codes to have like a parking lot party without a lot of headaches of maybe upsetting like a residential neighborhood or anything like that. Or um, if we have a semi coming in early or late, we don't have to worry about running you know a forklift or the semi itself waking. Up neighbors, so we, we we love it back there. It's yeah. it's easy to get to. I just love seeing people rise each other up together. You know, yeah, it's, for sure. It's, it's cool to see in the community. So what's the uh, what's the plan for the other the purchase of the building, the other side of the building? That you're so to? yeah, so basically uh, we should be able to get in there uh, by the end of the year. We're hoping prior to that. Uh, it's going to be a long process. Uh, we're working with some great local people. We, we're going to try to use everybody from McLean County, buy all the materials locally if possible. We 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 really think. Uh, Giving back to the community is huge, so being able to use local tradesmen and such is is, is on our priority list. But uh, Workbench, 
uh, Scott um, Swanson from Workbench has been doing all of our architect and design work and everything, and they're they're phenomenal. So anybody do a that good job, yeah, yeah. anybody that needs uh, somebody local that's going to do a great job and really think outside the box for a brewery, we don't want to. You know, this isn't a straight, here's what it's going to look like. This is, they're all unique in its own way. So it's been really great working with uh, such a nice local company. So they're, they've been doing the design work for us, which takes a lot of time. There's not just like, oh, you're going to put a wall here. You're going to put a bar there. They they really think uh, way beyond what the even the traditional contractor thinks. So that's exciting to look at that. Uh, but everything takes time. Yeah. Uh, a lot longer than we expected yeah. really so far. <laughs> How long, long have you been working on this? Uh, this has been in the works since almost probably... I say June yeah. and we're not even into the space yet and we didn't break ground on a new parking lot yet so um, we're not going to rush it because that's the last thing I want to do is rush any parts of it I don't want to rush vendors or suppliers and the contractors alike but uh it, we can't wait for it to be done. So what are you thinking, like uh, end of summer, beginning of summer? I would like to say shoot for the beginning of the summer, and if it's in well into June, that's acceptable. But uh, it all going to come down to is it going to be one of those winters that's over March 15th, yeah. or is it going to be May 1st, you know, May 15th? Uh, it varies so greatly on the weather. Yeah. So. Um, if you need uh, someone to work on the patio for you, yeah, I heard, I heard about a half hour ago about a local business. That yeah, well, once we get ready to hire yeah. that out, we should definitely look yeah, into that. Yeah, chop that around a little bit, but yep. I, know, I know a guy can hook you up. So. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, so, uh, so you've been working on it since June. Is that just like a matter of getting all the plans together? And, yeah, getting um, the plans together, being that the uh, it was an empty, vacant lot, we had to work with the city on, on all kind of aspects from them. Like, hey, are they going to... Are they going to permit just a parking lot on this lot? It was a little bit more narrow. Um, so it's been great to work with them. Uh, definitely a learning experience with the city and how all the codes. And it's like you wait for one meeting to wait for another meeting to wait for another one. So everything takes longer than I think it should. But I understand there's there's regulations and reasons why everything's set up the way it is. Uh, so we learned a lot there. We did, unfortunately, miss breaking ground this winter on the parking lot, which would have been ideal, being that springs are really wet just because some meetings went long. And then we had that really i think it was like the last week in october that snow and that was kind of putting the damper on the contractors like hey let's we don't want to open this project up and then not be able to complete it so we understood that so if we would have been able to get all of our permit and everything done say beginning or even middle of october i think we would have been able to get the patio and everything done and yet this year to use it for the spring but it is what it is did you feel like there were aspects of working with the city where now the plans are are you know, improved from what you had before, like they had thoughts you hadn't thought about, or was it kind of a was it um, more like think, a red tape kind of feel? Yeah, I think it was more of a red tape type of thing. They had some really good suggestions for the engineers that worked on the uh, the project itself. Uh, we're just very limited to space back there. The lots aren't very wide or long, so and of course everybody wants to maximize as many spots as they can. You know, more customers in the door. Um, so more or less, it was just a lot of red tape that it has to meet this timeline deadline for the next meeting and, and so forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of it has to, I mean, when you're talking about government meetings, um, a lot of it just has to do with the law to post a meeting Most ahead definitely. of time, right? You you have to give public notice of a meeting and so, so many days in advance. And so even though if you miss that decision to file something or, or to get something approved on a previous meeting before that deadline, it's sometimes get pushed back an entire month. And, yeah, and that's yeah. what we saw that. And we've seen on any project that we worked with the city or any anybody alike, we've seen that. And it's understandable. Yeah, it's not fun, but... <laughs> And are um, 
Are you guys? Uh, we were talking before this. You're, you're planning on putting, uh, hoping to put gaming machines in there too. We are. We were working with the city of that as on well, and that's a whole other topic because then you're talking about the Illinois gaming, uh, local gaming, everything like that. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to be a stable point of the place at all. We're not going to add gaming to the name or anything. We're just going to offer it as an option, um, and it's going to be nice hidden away. It's not going to be to the public eye really. So yeah, there's. It seems like there's a lot of swirl and strong emotions about that. Um, and I, I mean, I have one view of it from where I sit. Uh, I'm, I'm curious about your view, though, as a, a business owner. Um, you know, what's the what's the attraction of having them, and kind of what's the what's your read on the hesitancy of the community about how many and where they are? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's basically one of those things where it's getting pretty strict, and I understand that they don't want them everywhere, and and they want the businesses to be in business for at least 12 months just so to show that they're legit and they've had no prior issues. So that makes sense to me. Um, some people are completely against gambling, just as some people are completely against drinking. And you're never going to make everybody happy. And we're not trying to do it to, like, oh, this is going to save a business or make a business. But we're going to invest, you know, six figures easily. Anything we do to the breweries, just another six figures. It's nothing. It all adds up so greatly. So from a standpoint of a loan and banking and stuff like that, they're even happy that we're considering it because they know more money's coming in. Mm-hmm. So the name of the game is just cash flow. And that's just one more thing that's going to help. It diversifies the the money coming in, right? Most definitely, I mean, yeah. So. Most definitely, because right now it's nice. We have what we can sell. We consider um, resale or not resale, but actually retail, which is the people coming in buying our beer. We have the wholesale division, which is all of our beer that is produced, and then we transport out. And that's just one more revenue. Yeah, yeah. Well, I would hope <coughs> going back to uh, what we said about the feel of the place is not being a place that people tend to come to drink to excess or to get really belligerent. I would hope that this that same feel would carry over where gaming could be something that I don't like calling it that because to me gaming is video gaming like <laughs> playing games like I play normal esports um, but uh, regardless gambling I mean gambling can be a fun diversion and you can drop some money in and see if you can get something out and move on with your life but I would hope that the presence of a few gambling machines at your facility isn't going to be something that really turns the tide in someone's life or yeah, see, most someone, definitely. see someone there for five hours you know um, they're probably Probably not going to be the location they choose to do that. Right no, now, that's so. and I think they can go to a gas station and do that if they want. This we're just going to add it as one additional option for somebody to do. If they have an extra twenty minutes or waiting for some people to show up or something like that. Yeah. It's also one of those things where, it, and this is my opinion on on some of the reg, uh, regulations that the city has been enforcing, is that we can't pick favorites in, in this either. I mean, if it's here, we have to allow people to other you know the businesses to put it in. You can't just say no, this business can't have it. And this business can because they applied for it a month before. Uh, that's not strong competition, right? That's no, not. and that's why there's, and it, it, that's why it's been in such a topic for the yeah. town uh, lately is because we. It seems like that may have been happening a little bit, uh, so they're gonna have to really do something about that. And I mean, I, I have friends that are you know invested in the gaming business, um, you know, by work by their employment and stuff, and they know my views. Like I, I would, I honestly, personal opinion, wish we didn't have gaming at all in Illinois, like we have it. But once it's here, it's you got it. You got to play the game. Yep, right? so, most definitely. And since when we were at the last couple meetings for some permitting stuff, it of course hit on gaming, and then it hit on the marijuana thing too. It's yeah. like. It's going to happen regardless. We may as well make money with it. They're going to go one town away or one county away to do it. It's here. Yeah, so that, that follows along with what I think, too. So, yeah. so uh, you got any other uh, 
things that you're working on? Or are you spending all your time on these two businesses? You know, in the, in the past couple of years, we'd always work on random t- things, flipping commercial properties, residential properties, because we had such talented guys that could redo the outside, and then we had talented guys that could work on the insides. Uh, we kind of stepped back from that a little bit, just because we've invested so much time and money into the brewery, because we see that it could it could really take off, and what growth we've seen in the last 12 months, it's pretty much proven to us already that just keep doing what we're doing. Uh, so mainly this expansion uh, in this, uh, all we have working on now is taking up pretty much all my spare time. Yeah. Justin, uh, you always, um, like like I think Tyson and myself and a lot of people that we have on the podcast, are very passionate about your community. Um, I see you're involved in a lot of things. We run into each other at you know events at Heartland and the Chamber and all that kind of stuff. What, what does the community mean to you? Why is it such a special place for you to be able to now have these two businesses in town? And, and yeah, I think that's the being born and raised here. Um, attending unified schools in Heartland has done a lot for us. The the support that the the teachers as well as just staff in general as well as the community, um, friends and families. Uh, we just want to give back as much as we can. Uh, my mother taught at Olympia for 34 years, so she knows everybody from that area, which is really awesome too. And then uh, father taught marketing at ISU as well as working at. Um, State Farm, and, and we had an older brother at State Farm, too. And then my brother and I, Adam, that started landscaping prior to that, we worked in systems at State Farm, uh, second shift, uh, so almost 20 years ago now. So we met a lot of people there. I actually just, my old boss uh, from 20 years ago was in at the brewery on Friday, so it was really cool <laughs> to be able to catch up with those those guys, too. So I think just in general, uh, our community is amazing. We're very fortunate to have uh, a college community as well as a Fortune 500 uh, town. Um, and a lot of people do put in the extra effort, and, and, it, and it goes noticed. Uh, Bellows Landscaping received the Small Business Excellent Award at the Chamber of Gala this year, and then uh, Little Beaver uh, got the New and Emerging Business of the Year. So it's yeah. pretty pretty exciting because most people, except maybe a few, didn't realize that we walked away with two awards at one event, which has never happened really before for anybody. So it's pretty cool, but it shows that putting in the extra effort and investing more into our uh, local community is definitely going to pay off. Yeah. If I can editorialize for a second, I I really like talking to you and hearing your story here because it illustrates something that I've been trying to instill in my children about their expectations of the future. Because there's definitely one path of that's laid out in front of you to go through, get get a college degree, go ask someone to give you a job and to get a paycheck from that. That's the path I took. It's, it's done very well for me. I feel like it's rewarding in my life and gives me the opportunity to do other things like like this or to do other things in the community. Um, But I I never felt like when I was a kid that there was any other option presented to me. Uh, It was just like, yeah, you graduate high school, you go to college. That was was the environment I was raised in. And there, there wasn't any idea of if there's something passionate about, something you're passionate about, like invest your time in it and see if something grows from that passion. And it's something that I'm trying to change in, in with my children. And um, having people like you who have lived that and have been, um, you know, can be role models for them that I can point to and say, Here, here's a guy who he found working outside in yards to be rewarding and look at what he's been able to do and accomplish. And if that's something that you find, you can follow that path too. Uh, it's really it's great to have role models like that for them. So thank you for uh, for that. Opportunity for them. Oh too. yeah, most definitely. Yeah, yeah, and it, and it also just shows that you don't have to go to a prominent four-year school to be successful. My brother and I did did well in school. We weren't straight A students by any means, but I think I missed 
one day of school throughout a whole high school to leave early on a spring break. Uh, other than that, I knew the importance of education with my parents being in education, but they didn't push us that we needed a four-year school. They, uh, Even though our oldest brother was uh, engineer, a computer engineer at U of I at that time and on his, already working uh, for State Farm, we knew that path was an option and we knew four-year schooling or further was an option, but it was really nice to have supporting uh, parents that knew that we were passionate about it, we were successful already working at it, and they knew that we were willing to put in the time so they didn't force a four-year education mm-hmm. to further on us, which is really big. You could have come out with a four-year degree in business and you know $100,000 in debt and then do the same exact thing you're doing now, Most except definitely. you're trying to dig yourself out of debt instead of making moves and investing in new I, things. One of the lines I like, to, I like to say is that people often confuse education and degree. Um, I mean, we live in a we live in a time now where you can educate yourself in so many ways with the internet and the free libraries and um, on job experience, internships. Um, it's not they're, you know they're, getting a degree is not the only way to get an education. And obviously, um, I mean, you, you you went through you went to some college. Um, so I'm not talking to you about you specifically, but anybody. I mean, if you have a passion in something and you can find a way to monetize that, that's that's happiness, right? The, oh yeah, most definitely. And I'd like to say to our, our shop manager, Vince, he's been with us for, oh geez, probably closer to 10 years by now, maybe eight years. Uh, he came to us mowing. He worked at the city prior, came to us mowing, and now he is an absolutely master mechanic. And he's learned it all by like YouTube videos, learning, like researching it, just trying it. So that shows you right there. Uh, this guy, can, he runs our whole shop. He loads all of our material, keeps tracks of everything, can tear down, build. And we have a 30-truck fleet plus about 50 pieces of bigger equipment and then thousands of smaller equipment. And he can tear it down, build it back, do it all. Saves us tons of money. And he knows he's no matter what he needs, we're there. He makes a very good wage. And it's all learned from like he didn't go to a master mechanic school, right. so it's it, like you said, you can learn it from anywhere and however you learn it. And people just assume that he went to that he's been you know in mechanic school for twenty years and sure. like he's good at it. So I just love to see like him just looking at a project and saying, no, "I can figure it out," and then he does figure it out. And yeah. and people like we need more people like that that can actually just see like, hey, I don't have to go to four year school or eight year school to do this. And yeah. and so that's what I love just saying like we got people that are proud and passionate about their jobs and it makes a big difference. It's yeah, fascinating I, that people spend their time that way. When I see all these YouTube videos, anytime it's I'm mind blowing, anytime something's broke up my car now, I always YouTube it first to see if it's something I feel like I can fix. Definitely, and there's almost always a YouTube video out there, if not for my specific car, for just like some other year of that car. And the fact that people just spend their time, I mean, they're, they're not making very much money out of there. It's, if you look could at be. it economically, yeah, it could be. We, well, but, yeah. but every once in a while, there's like a simple. There's a, we have yeah. the label, hand labeler uh, for labeling tops of uh, the four packs, and it was like it, it just didn't seem right how to load it or whatever. And one guy that was working with us actually broke his uh, labeler because he didn't look at it. And I was just kind of thinking, well, how can we do this? And sure enough, I looked up in 30 seconds after watching an online video, I knew how to load it and get it successfully working right away. So we had no downtime. It's just like, wow, that guy that made that video for who knows what reason, yeah, uh, just saved me tons of time and money. Yeah, so yeah. absolutely. I mean, there, there's some. You know, I agree with you that there could be some. I mean, you can get some ad revenue from things, right? Yeah, yeah. So you can get a little bit of payoff, but you got to think most people, the amount of time they're spending putting those videos out, like it's oh, just for sure. passion yeah. for sharing and helping other people. Yep. Uh, that's got to be what's driving you because um, most of these, you know, you only got like a thousand views. But <laughs> yes, you're exactly. The, you're one of those thousand people and you're like, oh my gosh, I, this would have cost me 600 bucks if I took it to the shop and I just yep. fixed it in half an hour. You know, it's They should put donate incredible. buttons at the end of those. Videos. Yeah, you're yeah. exactly yeah. right. Like, yeah, did this extra save time money? 20 bucks. Yep. Thank you. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. That's a great idea. <laughs> so, very cool. Um, 
All right, so to wrap up here, can you first tell people where they can find out more about Bellis Landscaping? Yeah, Bellis Landscaping, BellisLandscaping.com, so B as in boy, E-L-L-A-S, Landscaping.com. Funny part about that, most people don't realize it's my last name, Bella in Spanish meaning beautiful, so they just assume that it's beautiful landscaping, so it worked uh, worked well. So BellisLandscaping.com, and then, of course, on Facebook, Bellis Landscaping uh, has a page with Tons of awesome uh, up-to-date ideas and pictures. Um, and Little Beaver Brewery, uh, 16 Currency Drive, uh, as we said, uh, out by the original Gold's Gym on South Veterans. And we are open uh, every day of the week, uh, typically open at 3, but on Sundays and Saturdays and Sundays we open up at noon. Little Beaver's got Facebook and website. Too, oh, yeah, right? most definitely. Facebook, uh, Instagram, and uh, littlebeaverbrewery.com. Yeah. I find it's nice to do a little bit of research on the website before I go in if I have time because it, it can take a little while to kind of take in the it is. And then, of beers. Yeah, with that being said, untapped, if you have the app or whatever, that is the best way to know what's actually on tap at that time. We get maybe some days 20 calls a day, people asking what's on tap, and I'll be I'll be perfectly happy just to tell them what's on tap. But typically I keep saying it until they hear what they want. Okay, so they'll stop me even like two in out of yeah. the 10 or 12 because they're like, oh, that's the one that I wanted. But, yeah, the untapped app is pretty amazing. It shows uh, the types of beers and gives a little bit more information. But for people that know the uh, beers prior to coming, they feel a lot more open. And, and they can try anything, any beer they want for free. They, we have little samples of it. But knowing a little bit about what they want definitely makes it less uh, overwhelming when they get there. Yeah. I always feel self-conscious like when I'm when I'm looking at a menu like that that I'm just showing the bottom of my chin yeah. to, to the person sitting there waiting for my order. So I try to try to avoid that if I can. And you're holding up a line. <laughs> yeah, exactly. People getting angry. Yep. Um, so last question for you, apart from what you're involved in, is there someone else that you know of who's doing a big thing in Bloomington that you'd like to give a bit of recognition to? Let's see. That would be... I, I would say... I know McLean County Chamber gives a lot of recognition, and, they, and they're well-known, but until I was an ambassador and actually spent a lot of time with them, I was absolutely shocked at what all they did. So I'd really say if you can be involved with the chamber, even if you're not a member, maybe look into being a member because I think Justin alike, uh, being an ambassador, I think the first year that I was involved a couple of years ago, we went to something like 50 or 60 ribbon cuttings, and ribbon cuttings are necessary. They're not necessarily for new businesses to bloom to normal. Uh, sometimes they're 10 year, 25 year anniversaries or some major expansion, but for the most part, it is new businesses. So without the chamber and being an ambassador, I would have had no idea that there were so many new businesses that are being coming to bloom to normal. So it was like that was the biggest eye opener. So I'd say being involved with the chamber or just just maybe going to one of the before hours or after hours would be really enlightening for a business owner or just a, a community member. It's really interesting you say that because uh, I didn't realize until recently that through State Farm, um, I I can you, go to chamber can, events. Yep, so most definitely. That's really nice thing to know for, I assume, countries the same way. Um, people who work for uh, these bigger organizations, they're probably already able to get in without getting a membership. And... Um, I kind of had the impression that the chamber was an interest group or something like that. And I guess yeah, it and, is. And it, it, it really is. Way. And that's one thing. They're there to protect and help small business in our community, especially yeah. on legislation or to, uh, more complex uh, topics. But they're there just for support. Uh, if you ever had a question that they can help out, they, they'll definitely uh, lead you in the right direction. Yeah, but it's not like going to a meeting is sitting around like scheming about how to how to <laughs> manipulate government, right? It's no, more and, of a celebration. And again, I can support. see where you exactly think that's what it is because I'm sure back in the day that's kind of why it was there. Mm-hmm. But now it's just more of a networking, uh, get to know people, get to using local people when you can. And the best way to do it is to get out there and meet people. Yeah, it's a great call out. Well, I was... 
I love that conversation. I was happy that you agreed to come in here and talk to us. Yes, so thanks, thanks for having spending me. your time in this way. Yeah, absolutely. Always fun to talk to you. Before we break here, I just want to give one more shout-out to our sponsor, Play Normal Esports. I'm actually playing a game right now called Darkest Dungeon that one of the employees here uh, recommended to me. So not only can you come in and... Uh, have a game in mind to play but you can also come in and describe what kind of things you're interested in they can point you in the right direction this is a very weird game it's uh you, you like you take a group of people into a dungeon but if you keep them in there too long they start like kind of going crazy and attacking each other so you have to like manage their health and also their stress level and once the guy realized like the games i was describing he was like you like really weird games so this is this is right up your alley so they have uh he's got a great staff here at play normal esports they're very supportive and uh, very helpful with um, setting you up for whatever you need here. PlayNormalEsports.com. Yep. All right. Are we done, Justin? Yeah, let's be done. Are you done, other Justin? Yeah, we're done. Okay.